And today's question is, how can we believe in God if we don't see him? How is it that we can just believe that he created us and everything in the world? I mean, we don't see huge miracles that can give proof. Obviously, he allows us to wake up in the morning, to breathe, etc. A lot of teachers will say we're the only people that have the same tyrant and stories passed down through the generations. And it didn't change from Moshe at Har Sinai. So that's supposed to be proof of how we're such a great nation and we're the only ones like that. And that's why we should believe that there is obviously a God. But how is that supposed to be proof? It also feels like a question you shouldn't have because you're supposed to just have belief in him. Okay, <laughs> great question. I love this one. This is just a foundational question that is so important to thrash out and get clarity on because it's the basis of everything. So I want to just start off by clarifying some terms here. First of all, what do you mean by belief? Because in the Torah, we have two mitzvahs which are connected to knowing God. One is Amunah Hashem and one is Das Hashem. And I want to define what both of those mean because they both mean something very different than the English word to believe. Because belief implies that there isn't a knowing. For example, if you were in a house and the walls were white and someone said to you, the walls are white, you wouldn't need to believe them. You would know it, right? And if you were somewhere else, let's say in somebody else's house, and they told you the walls in my house are white, then you either choose to believe them or you don't. But you don't really have any proof at all. That's the point of belief, that there is no proof. You just have to take this person's word for it. So belief would imply that there is no proof. So in this question that you're asking, how do we know that God exists? What's the proof? But if we're supposed to believe that God created the world and everything that's in it, then by definition, the word belief would mean that there is no proof. So let's just take a look at what actually it says in the Torah about Amunah Sashem and Da Sashem, which are the two mitzvahs that often come under the category or get translated as belief in Hashem. So I'm going to, first of all, define what a mitzvah is. And then I'm going to define what Amuna means and then what Das means. And I think just by defining this language, you'll have a lot of clarity on this question. So first of all, a mitzvah is an act that opens us up and enables our bodies to become a channel for divine energy to flow through. A mitzvah is a body state. A mitzvah is something that connects our bodies with divine energy. So there's something about these two mitzvahs of Amunah Hashem and Das Hashem that have something to do with our bodies. Every mitzvah is an opportunity to impact our physical bodies, our physical beings in the material matter of the world, even the mitzvah of learning Torah, it's a process of transforming the material matter of the brain through understanding divine knowledge. That is the point. It's the real understanding of something to the point where it integrates with your gray matter that gives it the status of mitzvah. So there is something about Amunah Sashem and Das Hashem that needs to be integrated into our being in order for it to be called a mitzvah. So let's just have a look at what these things are and the definition of them. Das Hashem is in the Hasidic discourse, the Maima, Viodata Hayom. The altar ever writes, this is why the verse says, from my flesh I envision God. And this is a statement from Eov. And he says, as this vision is caused by meditation on one's flesh, 
By observing that the body is alive and vibrant, one becomes aware of the soul within him, which is the life force of the body. He's saying that to know the aliveness of our body and the vibrance of our being is to know God within ourselves. We all have spiritual and physical aspects of our being. And by spiritual, I mean something that is not made of matter. So this includes all of my emotions, beliefs, thoughts, creativity, imagination, dreams, ideas, our will, desires, senses, awareness, and understanding. So much of who we are is non-physical. Like if you stand and look into a mirror, what you see is the physical, but the part of you that's looking, the part of you that is noticing your reflection, that is not the physical you. That is the spirit within you. And the warmth in our skin and the pulse in our veins, the life force energy, the neurons and the movement inside of our body, this is all spiritual. When a person passes away and you touch their body, it feels cold as marble. So when we're talking about the spiritual element of a person, we're talking about the warmth in their body and the very pulsing of their blood, their heartbeat. What he's saying here is to know God as the life force energy within everything that exists. If we just look at the world around us and we notice the life force energy within everything, we notice the life force energy within the plants and the trees that are growing in spring and how if you look at your garden one week and then the next week there's all buds shooting out from under the ground, beginning to grow and turning into flowers. And you look at how animals move and the energy within them. There is a, a very powerful energy that is moving and that is enlivening the entire universe. And this is what we call God. I think it's important for us to just take a moment to, to flip this because what happens is, is that we see this life force and we say, okay, there's a life force and it's God that's creating this life force. And I would say, see the life force. You're seeing God. There is no separation. That step of there's a life force and God is what's giving that life force is actually creating a sense of separation and a falseness. If there is movement, if there is life, if there is thought, if there is emotion, if there is feeling, there is God. That is our definition of God when it comes to Das Hashem, to really know. We have three different forms of knowledge. We have three different ways of knowing things. The three different ways of knowing things are Chachma, Bina, and Das. And they're all very different ways of knowing things. And it's interesting to note that the mitzvah to know Hashem uses Das Hashem. It doesn't say Bina Hashem, it doesn't say Chachma Hashem. So let's have a look at why. So what is Chachma? Chachma is open curiosity. Chachma is that place beyond story where we say, what is this? It's Koyachma, it's the power of what? Wow, what is this? Open wonder and curiosity. And actually, that's where Amuna comes from. And we're going to put that on the side for a moment. We're going to talk about Amuna in a minute, which we commonly define as belief, but it's actually very different than what the English word belief means. So Bina is where we logically understand something, where we have a reason behind it. And if you've noticed that none of the mitzvahs about knowing anything about Hashem have anything to do with Bina. Bina is logical thought process. We have Amuna that comes from Chachma, and we have Das, which is the third part of the brain. And... So knowing God, the mitzvah to logically understand God is non-existent, non-existent. We're not here in this world to logically understand God. We cannot. Das Hashem is to feel a sense of God 
and to know him in our own beings and our life force energy and know that my life force energy is it part of a unified field which passes through all of existence. So it is to have a felt sense of God within my body, to sense the life force within and know that this is God, to feel my breath, to feel my pulse, to feel the warmth in my body and each movement that I make and all of my senses and to know that they are truly an expression of divine energy in my physical container. So that is the mitzvah of Das Hashem. Das Hashem is to know. What is the difference between Das and Bina? Das is not a logical thought process. Das is a felt sense of something within the body that transforms what we know into a sense, into a feeling, into an emotion. To really integrate with an idea, to truly bond with it, that's what Das is. So it's a felt sense in the body. It is not a logical thought process. It's a, a very deep, integrated, intuitive knowing that when I feel the warmth of my own skin, I'm feeling divine energy. When I stroke my cat and I feel the warmth in her body and the softness of her fur and the heartbeat, I'm feeling divine energy. When I watch a tree growing, when I watch a child playing, when I listen to some beautiful music, when I feel or smell or taste or touch something and I sense the energy in that thing and experience it with my physical body, I am sensing and experiencing and knowing God. So everything that I integrate through my senses is knowing another aspect of God. And that is what Das Hashem is. So what is Amunah Hashem? Like I said earlier, Amunah comes from Chachma. And Chachma is an open state of curiosity and wonder. It doesn't have preconceived stories or judgments. It's beyond good, bad, right, wrong, success, failure, superior or inferior. It's beyond all those stories that we tell ourselves on a regular basis. There is no judgment of me in the space of Chachma. And for that matter, there is no self-consciousness at all. Rather, it is a total space of openness and presence to what is. And that's why if you take the words Chachma and you split it in half, you end up with Koyachma, the power of saying, what is this? In such an open-minded way where I don't already have a defense mechanism about the answer. I'm just completely curious and open to whatever it might be. So being present and open with what is, is the doorway to infinite possibility. And for insight or genius or light without end, which is our insight, to channel through and to, to enlighten our minds. So this is also the reason why Chachma is synonymous with humility, which we call Bittel. And I know that often people hear Bittle implying self-nullification, put my needs aside and cancel me out in favor of someone else. But what we're really seeing here is it's actually opening myself up to something so much greater than my, my stories and my programming and what I perceive to be me currently. It's opening myself up to something so much greater. And I can stand in awe of and say, what is this? So it's opening up a channel for something so much greater than my finite part that identify as me. And therefore, the light of the Ein Soif, this infinite light of God, which can in no way be comprehended by anything or anyone or any thought, for me to truly understand God is absolutely impossible. In that moment when I stand in that state of open-mindedness and open-heartedness, the Chachma of the soul is basically a doorway that opens up in my mind or a window that allows me to access or touch or get a sense of something so much greater than myself. 
And that is what we call emuna. And in Tanya, it actually says that this is why all Jews, even those who can't learn, when they are in that open state of Chochmah, they have emuna in Hashem, a felt sense or a belief in something so much greater themselves, in an energetic sense that they are a part of something so much greater, since emuna is beyond understanding and comprehension. So if you're trying to understand God with a logical thought process, i.e., it makes sense that we've had the same stories, it comes from Moshe Rabbeinu, anytime someone tries to logically explain to you God, this is not belief in God, this is not emuna Hashem, which we're invited to step into, Amuna Sashem is sensing something beyond the physical, sensing something so much more expansive beyond the physical so that we can say, I know this because I sense this, not because someone told me this from the outside, but because I'm tapping into, I'm sinking deeper into my body, I'm opening up my mind, and I know that there's something so much greater when I get open and curious and go beyond the stories, and I go beyond my definitions of self, and I go beyond my self-consciousness, and I say, wow, what is this? What is this experience? Muna comes from Chachma because it's a felt sense and a belief in God that is beyond logic. And this is also why it says in Tanya that when we stand before infinity, the one who has a lot of knowledge or wisdom and the one who doesn't are all equal and the same. Because how could you say a lot in the face of infinity? How could you put numbers? How could you define something in the face of infinity? So God cannot be grasped by means of a thought, of the intellect, or an idea. More knowledge or less knowledge does not equate more emuna or less emuna, more belief in Hashem, like quote-unquote, how we define belief, we say emuna, we say belief, but it means something completely different. So more knowledge of God or less knowledge of God does not equate more emuna or less emuna of God. So when we stand in the face of infinity, actually this is what it says in Tanya, is that all men are like fools, in his blessed presence because none of us can understand it logically but we can all sense it we can sense something greater than ourselves and it goes on to explain in Tanya that understanding this concept about Chachma and emuna is the key to understanding why when a Jew is faced with the ultimatum of convert to another religion or die and throughout the ages we have been faced with this ultimatum many times in the majority of cases the Alter Rebbe says that they will choose martyrdom and this is not logical. It makes no sense whatsoever, as all humans are hardwired for survival, right? We're all hardwired for survival. So why would we choose martyrdom? And I'm going to read you a direct quote from, from Tanya, because what he says here is, even the transgressors of Israel, in the majority of cases, sacrifice their lives for the sanctity of God's name, and they suffer harsh torture rather than deny the one God, although they are ignorant of God's greatness. And whatever little knowledge they do possess, they don't think about it deeply at all. They do not give up their lives by reason of any knowledge and contemplation of God. Rather, they suffer martyrdom without any knowledge and reflection. That is, if it were absolutely impossible to renounce the one God and do so without any reason or hesitation whatsoever. So what we're looking at here is a sense and it is an intuitive drive. It is not a piece of external knowledge. It's not an external proof that God exists. So continuing what the Alter Rebbe is saying here about this concept of Chachman, he says the reason why so much of the time in our lives we don't live in touch with this internal sense, this intuitive felt sense of divine light, of emuna in our lives, 
is because most of the time we see the world through the klipa or through the animal soul consciousness or the survival instinct of separateness. And when we look at the world through the perception of everything being separate entities and it not being one unified field of energy that's underlying everything that I see, judgment creeps in. And the Chochmah element of the divine soul goes into exile in the body. As soon as I start judging a situation, as soon as I have a story, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, my Chochmah goes to sleep because I've come out of that open state of curious open-mindedness. And it remains buried deep within us in a state of deep sleep. And in this state of consciousness, we may feel stuck, blocked, or apathetic. And when we're faced with our own mortality, in that moment, the Chochmah is awoken within me and when it wakes up, it comes out of exile and completely takes over the entire body from head to foot to the point where all the klipa, all the internal struggles that I might have, all the judgments I may have, all the fears I may have, my whole survival instinct, my whole animal soul programming for self-preservation vanishes. And there is no internal struggle whatsoever at all. The divine reality is crystal clear that my only true desire that I have here now and nothing else matters is God. And we can't even put on a superficial act of betraying God in that moment to save our lives because we can't make a calculation of I'm just going to pretend to convert and then I'm going to do to shiva, which would be a defensive thought process. When we feel threatened or we feel in danger, our survival instinct kicks in and we find reasons and we find ways of making loopholes to get around things so that we can maintain our self-preservation. But in this moment, part of our soul is awakened. The most powerful aspect of our soul, because it's really the window into infinity, our whole survival mechanism shuts down. And what happens is, is that we can't make calculations about later, before, after, because the survival instinct is always thinking about fear of the future, regret of the past. It's not in the now. And the Chochmah is only in the now. It's only in the now because the infinite light of God that flows through Chochmah in the divine soul is above time. Above time means the capacity to look at the formless essence within everything that never changes. All form, all material matter is created and then it begins to disintegrate. Above time means something that never withers, it never starts to disintegrate in any way whatsoever. It is what it is, it always was, is and will be. So when we see the just is part of an object or a plant or an animal or a person, we are closer to perceiving its divine essence, the part of it that is beyond time. The Chochmah in our soul is the part of us that senses the essence of God in everything deeper than form. And that's why it's called emuna, the sense of the soul, to sense the deeper within everything and to sense the infinite within everything. And this is why to the Chochmah part of our soul, the idea that we can disconnect from God now and reconnect later doesn't make any sense because everything it experiences is just the now. It is absolute presence and now. So form, time and change become too superficial a way to see things in that state, like a delusion coming from lower states of mind where an obsession with the external masks God's presence. So let's just define what we've said here. When we're in an inner state of humility and defining humility as open to what is true rather than the stories that we tell ourselves about reality. 
and when we're in a state of open curiosity, our Chochmah wakes up and we become present in the now. Our perspective of the importance of past and future completely changes. And if we can feel I am with God now and I sense God within all things, then past and future become less of a concern. So the more present we are in our lives, the more we sense the essence of God in all things. And that is what the definition of emuna is. So let's just go back and define these two. What we've just defined here is that emuna is of the sensing of what is beyond the superficial. Das is the actual felt sense of that within the material matter of our bodies, feeling our pulse, our breath, our warmth, and knowing that what I'm actually touching, that tangible experience, is God as well. Das is to know what we can know through our senses, to see Hashem with our physical flesh. And Amuna is to sense that whatever we know in our bodies, there is so much more. There's an infinite amount more. And to be in a state of open-hearted and open-mindedness, to sense that there is more. There is one more thing that I came across where the Baal Shem Tov defines Emuna, and he says, Emuna in Hashem is Devekus. What is Devekus? Devekus is a state of bonding and intimacy, a deep connection of love towards God. So Emuna is the experience of, I am in love with God. And then you have the concept of Bitochan, Bitochan being trust trust in God. And there's so much to say about Bitocha, and I'm not going to go into it in more detail now, because I actually spoke a little bit about that in a past episode, where divine providence ends and where free choice begins. So let's just have take a moment to define the difference between Amuna and Bitochan. Amuna being a felt sense of bonding, of love, of intimacy with the divine, and Bitochan being trust. So Amuna is the exp- experience of I am with God, and Bitochan is the experience of God is with me. Both are an embodied awareness that requires a regulated nervous system and an open heart to feel love and trust. Neither is a mental exercise or a belief system. So yes, we do need to understand this in order to get to a felt sense. So we need to understand that it's not a logical thought process I'm looking for and to stop looking outward for answers, but looking inward into a sense of embodiment, into feeling myself And knowing that that is God, the more I get to know me, the more I get to know the God within me, the more intimate I become with the divine. Instead of looking outward, we need to start turning our eyes inward. And when we do, we gain a sense of the divine within us. And I just want to say one more thing about mitzvahs in general before we end off this podcast, because I think that maybe there will be some people who listen to this who might feel like, wow, that's like a really hard place to get to? How do I get beyond my internal judgments? How do I get beyond my stories? How do I become embodied? And when a person's in that state where they they feel disconnected from themselves completely, of course they're going to feel disconnected from God. And it's very possible that they could become very judgmental or harsh or critical in themselves, like, oh my gosh, look at me. Of course, I'm a complete failure. I can't do it right. I can never do it right. And, you know, so on all of those inner voices are very likely to come up. So what I just want to say here is that the key to all spiritual growth and connection is a regulated nervous system. And often when a person is in a state of dysregulation, when they've experienced religious trauma or spiritual trauma, and they've been told the opposite of this, that regulating your nervous system, making choices, connecting with yourself, all of this is a waste of time, a self-indulgence, God wants us to suffer, 
It's a weakness, it's a fault, it's shameful, and it gets in the way of our relationship with God. And what I want to say is that it is not in the way, it is the way. We learn in Torah that the preparation for a mitzvah is an integral part of any mitzvah. Because without this preparation, the performance of the mitzvah would be impossible. So just take, for example, eating matzah on Pesach. It doesn't say specifically in Shulchan Aruch that you have to plant the wheat and then you have to harvest the wheat and then you have to grind the wheat, right? It doesn't take all the steps. It just says eat matzah on Pesach. Now, of course you have to do all of those things or someone has to do it for you or you have to pay someone to do it for you in order for you to do that mitzvah. And going out and shopping and buying matzah or preparing the matzah yourself is an important part of the mitzvah. And often we forget that. Often we just think the end result is the mitzvah, but the preparation is maybe an annoyance or in the way. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that continuing with this rationale that that the preparation for a mitzvah is part of the mitzvah is that anything that we do to enable the regulation of our nervous system is a part of the mitzvah of loving God, of Yichad Hashem, which is experiencing or knowing deeply about the unity of all things, sensing God in our bodies, Das Hashem, Tefillah, which I haven't spoken about today, but it's also something that's only possible in a regulated state of open-heartedness. Amuna, like we spoke about, loving another person, I can only, if I'm in a regulated state, can I truly see another person not as a threat, but as the truth of who they are, which is a channel for divine light in this world. But if I'm in a dysregulated state, if I'm in a sympathetic nervous system state, every person I interact with feels to me like a threat, unless they are validating me. And anything like being sensitive to other creatures or the environment, choosing life, which is also a mitzvah in the Torah, and studying Torah, which is we can't actually truly integrate divine knowledge or really learn Torah when we're in a sympathetic state either because everything that we hear, we hear through the filters of defense. And to really learn something new, we have to have a truly open mind. So I've just listed a whole bunch of mitzvahs here that are impossible if a person is in a state of dysregulation. And what that would mean is that they're living in a perpetual state of fear inside of their body. Their nervous system is in a sympathetic state and they feel shut down, closed, stuck, triggered, fearful, anxious, worried. And therefore, if they want to be able to move in a direction towards having an honest and open, authentic relationship with Hashem, the preparation for that mitzvah is to learn how to regulate the nervous system and to take those steps of nurturing and nourishing oneself so that they will be able to get there and to not worry about getting there but know that the preparation for the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. The journey is part of the mitzvah. And so when we are on the journey, we are containers. Our physical bodies are containers for divine light, regardless of where we are in the journey. And a lot of times people judge the journey based on external results and how you look on the outside. But this journey is an internal journey. And as long as you're on the journey, you are an open vessel for divine light to shine through. And in Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, chapter 32, number one, it says, Because the maintenance of a complete and healthy body is a godly path, since it is impossible to understand or apprehend any knowledge of the Creator when one is sick. Therefore, you must keep away from things that damage the body and develop habits that improve the body and heal it. Similarly, it says, You shall guard yourself very well. (laughs) Which, somehow, when we feel physically sick, We deem it appropriate to take care of ourselves. 
But what if we feel emotionally shaky or dysregulated? Do we prioritize that then? Do we prioritize our health then? And do we truly know internally that it is a sacred obligation for each and every one of us to take steps, to choose a life internally, whatever that might look like? So all pursuit of emotional, mental, or physical health is a mitzvah. Every tiny step on this journey is of infinite value. And wherever your starting point is, it begins here. So we're all on a journey. We're all somewhere on a journey. But where is the middle of infinity? Where exactly is the middle of infinity? So we're all in the middle of a journey. But one middle isn't closer or more important than any other middle. Because there is no middle in infinity. So wherever we are, we're already there. If we're on a journey, we're already connected. And it's important for us to know that every single step we take and every time we open our minds and turn our hearts towards God and experience a felt sense of embodiment, we are allowing God to shine through us. And knowing God deeper and deeper in our very bodies and being is exactly what the mitzvah of Amuna and Das Hashem is. It's not an external pursuit. It's an internal experience. So I hope that that clarifies your question a little bit. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.